Tanya is really a book of five books. There's five talk and five sections in Tanya. But um, there's a big difference between the first three sections and the final two sections. Because the Alter Rebbe in his lifetime only printed the first three. He only wrote the first three as a book. What are the first three sections? What's the first section? Lekutei Amorim. A collection of sayings. How many chapters in Lekutei Amorim? Oh, 52. Close. 54. Close, right in between. <laughs> 53. 53. <laughs> Nun Gimel Prakim, 53 Prakim Lukuti Amur. That's the most famously learned, because that talks about the whole struggle of the godless only animal soul, and actually the case of Shabbamis and Simchan. Lukuti Amur, that's number one always learned. The second section of Tanya is called Shar Hayichud Bohoyamuna, and that's about faith, about belief, and Achdus Hashem, the oneness of Hashem, Enoid Movadoi. It's more esoteric. And she uh, said, beautiful stuff. That's the second section. That's 12 Prakum. And the third section is Igeris Hatshuva. Altarebbe called it the letter about Shuva. It's, it's, well, it's not a letter, but that's how he called it the letter of Shuva. And that's all, again, 12 Prakum. And that's where he explains Shuva. He goes into it a little bit according to Nigla, more in Halacha. But primarily, it's Alpi Chsidus and Kabbalah, understanding what Shuva really is and what's going on when we're doing Shuva. Those are the, that's the book of Tanya, the way it was initially made. Mm-hmm. Um, after the Altarebbe passed away, so yeah, his sons added letters, Igeras HaKodesh, 32 letters, and then what they call Kuntrus Achor in the final pamphlet, and that's, it's really Kabbalistical explanations in the first section of Tanya. So that's how Tanya today became, today is not just today, the last 200 years, it's the five sections, but initially it was the three. So today, in honor of the Sarasim Shuvah, I wanted to talk a little bit about the Sigeras HaTshuvah, Really, Yigaris HaTshuva can be learned for an entire year easily. It's 12 Prakim. It's, it's beautiful, beautiful ideas. But just for one, just for one uh, little, uh, take a little snapshot of what's going on in Yigaris HaTshuva and these 12 Prakim of Tanya. So, the first big point, really the first three Prakim of Yigaris HaTshuva is, is more, what we would say, Nigladik. It's more uh, Halacha, the basics of Tshuva. And the makes a very powerful point that's important to, to underscore. And that is, what is the essence of tshuva min What's the essence of repentance? Changing your ways. So there's Vidoy. different, so there's different parts. There, I'm sorry? Vidoy. So there's vidui. Vidui is confession. There is charata. Charata is regret. There is kabbalah, which is resolve. Um, there's fasting. There's afflictions that people do or did. Having the opportunity to appear again and not doing it. There's having the opportunity to do and appear again and not doing it. So there's so many different angles and aspects of Shuva. What's the essence of Shuva? Like what's the, the basic halacha of Shuva? The Rebbe says Saka. it's two words. Tzedakah is a very great mitzvah to help us you know, be fully atoned for. But the essence of Shuva, the Rebbe says, and he's very strong about it, he says, Mitzvah at Shuva min hi azivas hachet bilvad. Leaving sin. In other words, here I did ABC. I became used to this type of habits and whatever. And I decide, I resolve, I'm going to change. That's true. Now, anything else, the regret and the, uh, the confession and the vidui and the coming to the opportunity again and not doing it, all that is details, makes it better, makes it finer, it takes care of everything. But the essence of tshuva is, I resolve to change my ways. So you can do tshuva every 10 minutes. True. If it's endless. If if you're honest, and if you I just if I say it and I don't, you don't mean know it, know what. As long as that second, it's sincere. In other words, if I am sincere, I sincerely decide I'm going to change my ways. But then I have a and I fall again. 
So that truth is a truth. Yes, that's Emes. Emes. And that's why the Emes is, we say, Al Chaitan Yom Kippur, and we do it again next year. And you know, the story, man is a very imperfect being. We make mistakes, and we regret, and we come to Hashem, and we ask Him for forgiveness, and Hashem, Hashem is with us. In fact, the Alter makes a beautiful point. In the end of Yigeris HaTshuva, he says, Hashem is called Rav L'Sloyach. Rav L'Sloyach, the great forgiver. What's, what's so great about Hashem's forgiveness? In what way is it different than human forgiveness? You know, all, sometimes, you know, we hurt someone's feelings, and we ask, forgive, we apologize, and they forgive. In what way is Hashem the Rav L'Sloyach, the ultimate forgiver, the great forgiver? So the Alter says a beautiful thing. He says, but human beings, let's say you hurt someone's feelings, and you apologize. He forgives you. What about the second time? Okay. Third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, tenth. Where? Every time the forgiveness becomes uh, more difficult and ultimately the guy says, you know, stop it. <laughs> Don't come back to me. And Hashem, everything about Hashem is, is uh, infinite. Including His ability for forgiveness. Hashem, we come to Him a, a hundred times and every year Yom Kippur and every year and every year and I do Shuvah and I do Shuvah Hashem, please, please, please. Good. He's with us. And that's forgiveness, and that's tshuva. Of course, as people, we have to build up the resolve to, to, to change the poil, not just to say I'm going to change and not change. But as long as I'm sincere and I really want to change, I decide to change, that is tshuva. That's the essence of tshuva. And therefore, how long does it take to do tshuva? A moment. Split second. So, you know, there's, there's something I, I remember. You know, certain things, I was a child, I was 14, 15, 16 years old when I was by the Rebbe. And I, there's something, a quote that I remember hearing from the Rebbe over and over. I, guess, I think it's from the Zayr. The Rebbe said that Shuva is b'shaita chada u b'riga chada. In one, shay, in one time and one rega, one second. Split second, that's all it takes. A resol- it's, a, it's a resolve to change. I'm inspired and I want to change. That's what it is. If somehow, I heard that from the Rebbe a lot of times and it sticks in my head. I almost hear the Rebbe's voice saying, b'shaita chada b'riga chada. B'shaita chada b'riga chada. And the Rebbe would quote, and Dalter brings it in Tanya, that it's a halacha. The halacha says, you know, the halacha is very into tenai. Tenai means a condition. Anything that you do conditional has halachic um, significance. So let's say if a man gets married to a woman, he says, Hariat Mukadash, you're married to me um, with the, on the condition that I'm a millionaire. So if you have a million dollars in the bank, you're married. If not, you're not married. That's halacha in Shulchan Aruch, in Gemara. So the Gemara says, what if a Russia, everyone knows, a big Russia in town, Marries a woman, he gives her a ring, he says, Harat Magadashasli, I'm an Asani Tzadik Gomer. You're married to me, I'm Kinishna Ramasadik Gomer. Everyone starts laughing. And this guy's a Sadik, like, you know, like I'm a dancer. Says the Gemara Mukadashas. Why? Shema hear her tshuva belibli. In his heart, he wanted to do tshuva that minute, so he's done. Ben on Okay, that's it. No, that's really, that's the tiny shot. But, but, Lopayla, that's what the Gemara says. So that's the first point out there. He says that the essence of tshuva is aziva sachet, the resolve to change. And he says, then there's regret, and then there's confession, and then there's, you know, change. There's a lot of good, good stuff. The essence is aziva sachet. But, but after I resolve to change, then there is to become merutza to Hashem. What does merutza mean? Wanted. Wanted, beloved. In other words, he brings an example. He says, let's say I, you know, person A sins to person B. I hurt the person's feelings. Then I say, you know what, forgive me, forgive me. Okay, I for, you're forgiven. We're still not buddy-buddies anymore. You hurt me. So after there's the basic resolve that puts me back on good footing, then there is tanesim or extra tztaka or extra tefillahs. That's to get me back into better graces with Hashem. And he says in the Besamikdash, for the actual sin, I'd bring a karba and chatas. And then afterward, I'd bring an oil. 
That was really like a that's like a gift to uh, to get back in Hashem's good graces afterward. So that's that's the next steps after the basic resolve of change. So that's it's important to note. Sometimes people think shuva is all these different kind of crazy stuff. It's important to know what the essence is. You have to cut you know cut down to the essence. The essence is I realize a certain habit that's bad, a certain way of acting, whether it's between man and man, between man and Hashem. A certain something that I know I have to change and I make a firm decision I want to change. That's the essence of truth. That's the essence of truth. Mm-hmm. Anyways, that's, this is in a total, total abbreviated form what's going on in the first three chapters of time. Of Igaris Shuba, that is. Um, he talks a lot about fasting and he talks about in the olden days they fasted a lot. I don't know if you know this. The Rizal said, like according to Kabbalah, yeah. for every Avera, how many fasts you should fast. The beginning of Tanya, right? And basically, if we'd be following his schedule of for every Avera, how many fasts, we basically, you know, we'd all lose a lot of weight. <laughs> Which might not be a bad idea. But fast, the fast. Nowadays, the Rabbeim definitely, and the way of Chassidus is not to fast that much. And why do you think that is? Why do you think we're not into fasting that much nowadays? Simcha. No, it's always Simcha. Good. Because we we're looking we always, for Simcha. But there's always a Fabring in here and there. There's always someone's yard side. MS is the yard side for bringing. Oh, but asi- aside from that, we don't do well with fast. What do we typically do when we fast? <laughs> on fast days in yeshiva, people learn better and daven better. No. no, they spend their time in bed. We lost. We lost. We the, don't have the kayak. We don't have the physical strength, strength the stamina to fast. And, and because I'm fasting, to learn better and daven better and be more productive. After fasting half a day, all of us look half dead. So what's the point? The point is to come closer to Hashem, not to lay in bed. So that's why fasting we keep to a bare minimum. You know, this week that we're in now is the only time in the entire year that we have two fast days in one week. Right? Because we had Songadalia, which was on Sunday, and Yom Kippur. But throughout, aside from that, the whole year, how many fasts are there in the Jewish calendar in the year? Anyone knows? Seven. Six. Seven. Unless you have seven. Unless you have chalom. Extra a chalom. You have a, you know. <laughs> the time is chalom. But in the Jewish calendar, the six fast days of the whole year. Even though in the olden times, there's whole Masechta called Masechta Tainas. They used to make Tainis Bechor. Tainis Bechor. But we don't do it. We have Tainis Bechor, but we go to, go to a Siyam. Right? If you learn Masech the Tainis, you see that sometimes they would fast 30, 40 times in a year. Right. When uh, there was a drought, when there was this, when there was that. Erevish Chedesh. But we don't, very, very few people do that. Anyhow, all of that is the basics of Tshuva from a strictly halachic perspective with the Alter Rebbe's flavor, so to speak. Right. In chapter 4 of the Igarasat Tshuva, which is on page 186 in the Tanya, now, the Rebbe starts talking about the deeper concept of what's going on. Right, right. What is tshuva according to Kabbalah? This is and according to the Zaihar. And he introduces us to a very important concept, and that is that there's two basic concepts in tshuva. Or two basic levels, and they are called, as you're saying correctly, tshuva tata'a and tshuva ilo'a. What does the word tata'a mean? Below. The, below, below the lower level. level. And ilo'a is the higher level. There's the basic tshuva, the, the tshuva tata, the lower level and the higher level. What does that mean? What is the lower level of tshuva and what's the higher level of tshuva? Now the Rebbe says what the Zayar says, and that is that the word tshuva itself, if you look at the letters of the word tshuva, you break it up, what do you have? Tashuv hey. To return the hey. Okay. Got to return the hey. Which hey? So in Hashem's name, how many hays are there? There's two hays. There's two. Right? What's Hashem's? The Hashem's most, uh, the greatest name is the Yud, and then the Hay, and then the Vav, and then the Hay. So there's two hays. So says the Alter Rebbe in Kabbalistic terminology, Tshuva Tata'a, the lower level of Tshuva, is returning the second hay. The lower lay, the, the lower hay, which is the final letter to Hashem's name. 
Tshuva ilah, the higher level of Tshuva is returning, the higher hate Hashem's name. What does that mean? What does that mean? What does it mean? Where did Hashem lose his haze? <laughs> why are they lost? And why do I have to bring them back? And how do I have to bring them back? What's going on? And that's what really the next eight chapters of Igeris HaTshuva are focused on in understanding what's the haze. I remember I learned this they once. Got lost, or how they started at once, but I, didn't, I lost it when I was reading it by myself. It's unbelievable. It's just, it's, 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 it's Givaldi. I'm glad we're learning this. So I wanted to say a couple of Nukudas, what he says. And the first thing, and he starts with asking an interesting question, a very interesting question. There is, in the Torah, some Averis, some of the more severe Averis, that says, Sahiv Kuris. What does the word Kuris mean? Cut. Cut off, excision. Certain very uh, severe Averis have a carry, a Chiv Kuris. Um, or Misabide Shemaim. What's that, Rivi? Yeah, so the is also the children. But the Gemara says that when a person does his Aver, Chasav and gets Karas, he'll die by 60 years old. Or by 50 years old, depending on Karas, Misab Deshamayim, 50, 60. That's what the Gemara says. And there's stories in Navi of people who sinned and they died. So I'll try to ask a very obvious question. Look around. There's a lot of people that are 55 or 65 or 75. And we know that they're not Sadiqim and they do have virus. Right. And plenty of virus. And Karis have virus. So how do you live a long life if the terrorist says you get Karis, you're supposed to die? You're supposed to live to 200. You <laughs> were supposed to live to 200, it was cut down to 130. I <laughs> But the pilot says that Karis is to die before 60. It doesn't say that it's to die a third of your lifespan. It says die 60. 60 is 60. So what's the pshat? It's a kasha that I've asked sometimes. It's a it's a gavaldik kasha. I mean, the gemara says one thing and the fact is different. So what, you know, what are we supposed to do with that piece of information? So he says like this. He says in the olden days, in the time of the Beis Hamikdash, we were very very connected to our source. What's the source of our of neshama? This is directly from Hashem, which he explains at length here in the Gerus Hatshuva. A yiddish neshama, a yid lives is directly connected to his source Lamaila, which is Hashem. Karis means I'm cut off from my source. If you're cut off from your source, you're going to die. Like if you, pull a, if you pull the plug out of the fridge, give it an hour or two, it's, gonna, it's, gonna, it's not going to be cold anymore. You pull the plug out of the oven, it's not going to be hot anymore. You pull out the source, it runs out. Okay, it can last a little bit, but then it runs out. What happened in Golos? In Golos, we have a new concept. I can pull it out of one socket and I can put it into a different socket. You know, it's because in Golos we have the concept called Golos Hashchina. What does that mean? That there is a way that I can receive my chais, I can receive my energy, not from Kedusha. So when things were good, when we were directly connected to Hashem, and that was the only form of connection, the only way of being connected, so I cut off the socket, I was gone. That was what Karas was. That was Misir De Shemayim was. Wow. So the Navi talks about people. They did certain Navires, and they died. Done. Immediately. Why? So their death was actually a symbol of a big madriga. It's a very beautiful idea. Because you think, wow, a person died from Karas, that's terrible. He's a very low madriga. The Amos says a person who died from Karas is on a high madriga. Because that shows he has no other source of life. He has no other source of chayas. His source of chayas is directly connected to his marker, to the source, which is Hashem. So Take away the source, he's gone. In Golos, what happened is that the whole Kedusha was brought down and a lot of it is trapped in Klippa in forces of unholiness. So therefore, I can get a lot of chayas. I can live a hundred years off the wrong chayas, of the wrong energy. So it's not that I didn't get karas. I was cut off from the right places. But I'm, I'm connected somewhere else. And that's where my chayas is coming from. 
That's a big point that he makes over here. He talks about it. That, that people think, so oh, we, look. Paris nowadays means what? What's the practical? Well, I, the effect on my neshama is the same. I've heard the connection of my neshama with the source. So it seems like it's better to live nowadays than to live before. Sometimes it says, a very, the Gemara says sometimes, which means sometimes our, our loss turns out to be what helps us. So this loss that we're not so directly connected to Kedusha, in that way actually is able to help us because now I have more abilities to do tshuva. Right. Because I'm... We live I'm, in a dorm tshuva. Right. So we live in a dorm on the one hand, we don't have that sense of permanent connection. On the other hand, there's a much greater level of tshuva. Wow. And the MS is Taka, that we live a dir of unparalleled amount of tshuva that's going on. It's just amazing. You know, so many times I, I always think about it. When, when I was a kid, and you wanted to think, what was the muscle of someone who like changed like from extreme to extreme? The Gemara. Who's the ultimate changer? Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva. Right? He was a, a ignorant Amaris, and then he became the great uh, God of Israel. Today you have thousands of Rebbe Kibbas on the street. Mm. You have people who changed their whole life and changed everything and gave away their upbringing and their families and everything and they changed their life. And you meet everyday people that Pasha changed everything from, from an extreme to an extreme. It's an amazing thing. Mm. It's an amazing thing. So the Kayach of Tshuva nowadays is unbelievable. That Kayach, the power of change. I always tell this. Bakram sometimes talks to, talk to a student about changing. He says, I can't change, I can't change. Today to say I can't change is nonsense because... There are so many people that change so powerfully and so in such a um, permanent type of a way that that argument that can't change is just a silly argument. Mm. But anyways, back to the Tanya. So the Tanya says like this. He uses that as a springboard. That's all our politicians say. We want to change. We're going to bring a change. It's a, it's, it's the, whole, the whole world is all about change. That's the MS. It's not a good change all the time. I heard something, this is the type of story you can't say loud, but I heard this from someone, there's a rabbi in the So he says like this, he says that he had a problem with weight loss. None of us know these things, right? But he had a weight loss issue. So he had different balabatim who would give him this suggestion, that's to eat this, and this exercise, that exercise. But it wasn't working. So he says, they came to say, rabbi, what's going on? Why is nothing working? So he says, you know what, it, you know, it's a lifestyle. This is my lifestyle, the way I eat, the way this. It's hard to change the lifestyle. But Batim say, hey, Rabbi, every week you get, get up there and say a sermon that we, you want us to change our lifestyles. Mm. <laughs> what do you mean you're saying you can't change your lifestyle? Right? That's what we're all about, right? It is about changing, it is about growing and not being limited, not being stuck. Oh. Right? We can't be stuck. Anyway, he says the Altar Rebbe in Tani, he says like this. He says... But again, it says a pasuk, "Kichelak Hashem Amoy." Where is that pasuk? "Kichelak Hashem Amoy Yaakov Chevel Nachalosi." It's the Helen problem. Oh, Chumash. 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 Michal spit it out. I have no idea. Absolutely. Uh, is it he goes with his humility. Is it the end? Is it in the last part? Is it last part? Up there. Uh, it's in the first first No, I think second. As as she was saying, as as that's the end of the first Aliyah. 
In the second alley. Uh, fine. Okay, trust me, it's there. It's there, it's there. It's there. So what does it mean, Kichilek Hashem Amli? That a Yid Be'emes is a part of Hashem. That's the, really, you talked about it in the beginning, the first Chilek also, but here it talks about it much more. He says, what's the difference between the way Hashem created a Yid and a, a person and the way Hashem created all other parts of creation? Every detail of creation. What's the difference in how they were created? Everything else was created with words. Very blunt. Bedvar Hashem Shemayim Nasa words. Ten utterances. Asar Mamaris. The neshama came through blowing. Vayipach ba'ap of nishmas chayim. What's the difference when you blow versus when you speak? When you blow, something much deeper comes out. And that's why it says a yid is connected with the depths of Hashem. The very depths of Hashem comes in and becomes the life of the yid. Whereas Malachim even, and for sure other creations, they were all created with speech. It reflects a much more external part of Hashem. So he goes the whole explanation in Perik Dalit about what the makeup of Hashem, so to speak. He talks about the four letters of the Yud and the He and the Vav and the He, and they have the ten spheres, the ten um, attributes, and how all of that comes to the Yid through that He, the final He of Hashem's name, the Yud He Vav He. The He is Malchus, and from there comes the Neshama of the Yid into the into a Yid. How does he break up the Yud He Vav He? The Yud is Chachma, the He is Bina, the Vav is the six Midas, Chesed, Gvur, Tiferes, Netzachayi, Yisayid, and the He is Malchus. And from Malchus comes Dibur, and from there Hashem breathes that Neshama into every Yid. What about Das? So Das many times is included within Chachma and Bina. So it's, that's nine. It's one, right. two, right, right. six, because eight, nine. It's two plus six plus one is nine, because Das many times is included within Chachma Bina, uh-huh. and sometimes Das is just um, is just uh, substituted by Keser, which is before right. Chachma Bina in Kabbalah. Be that as it may, the point he wants to make is the Neshama, the way it comes into a Yid, is the hay of Hashem's name. Mm-hmm. And that's, in my, that's within each one of us. Now, what do we do with that Neshama is up to us. And that's what we talked about before, Am I connected to my source or am I living off a different sake? If a yid is the way the way the neshama would love us to be, which is that I'm still fully connected and I'm davening and I learn Torah and I do mitzvahs and I act with a way of holiness, kedusha. So my neshama, that hey, is always connected with its source, which is the higher levels of Hashem. I'm fully connected. So then my hey, which is that neshama in me, is connected. What happens when I slip a little bit? And I make this mess up and that mess up. So what am I doing? I'm removing that neshama from Hashem. And not only am I removing, I'm actually slapping Hashem down with me into those places where He doesn't like being. Mm-hmm. Let's go back to that pasuk. Hashem Hashem's nation is a part of Him. Yaakov chevel nachalose. What does the word chevel mean? What's a chevel in Hebrew? Like a... a string. We have a string. Hashem is at the other end, and I'm here. When I'm pulling right where Hashem doesn't want to be, mm. Hashem is being brought into there, and that's where we bring the powers of Kedusha into Klippa. And that's what we call Golos Hashchina. Mm. What does Golos Hashchina mean? We, a lot of times we say, we want Mashiach, we want Mashiach. Why? We want Mashiach because, uh, you know, I can't pay my bills, because I'm not healthy, because uh, so I'm a child, whatever, a lot of good reasons, because there's a hurricane coming, there's a lot of good reasons to want Mashiach. But what's the ultimate reason to want Mashiach? That, that Kedusha is in Golas, Hashem is in Golas. Not just, not just me with my little petty needs, because when I'm not the way I'm supposed to be, I'm dragged down Hashem where I am. 
And, and there's so many things going on in this world where Hashem, so to speak, put himself into a bind that he's being dragged in. The Zayar calls Hashem Melech Oluv, a, an embarrassed, shamed king. Why? says because he's, he's kosher, he's tied up. He's tied up because he made himself tied to us. It's almost like, uh, let's say if I have a child and I tie myself to the child and the child schleps me wherever he wants. So I might be in places I don't want to be because my child is schlepping me there. So that's what's going on with the hay. The hay, which is the neshama within me, which is connected to all the madrigas of Hashem, is getting slept all over the place. And I'm slapping Hashem where he doesn't like. And Hashem is, and so on and so forth. So what's tshuva? Tashuv hay. To reconnect my neshama to its source. My neshama, which is a part of Hashem himself. And I slept it here and slept it there. The whole avoid of tshuva is tashuv hay. I want to return my neshama to its place of connection, to its place of happiness. It's a, it's a whole different look at tshuva. It's not, tshuva is not like a personal thing. I want to be better or worse. You know, some people look at tshuva like um, a weight loss program. You know, it's like you know, a, a discipline program. Here, I wasn't disciplined. I did bad things. I got to discipline myself. I got to be right. But when I want to just be a, a yid and do terimitzvahs for discipline, there's a lot of disciplines in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, why does it have to be terimitzvahs? There's why does it have to be disciplined in this, a discipline in that. Torah mitzvah is not just a discipline. Torah mitzvah is the realization that I have within me a part of Hashem. And part of Hashem wants to be connected to Hashem. And that is through acting in the way that Hashem tells us that act. So, technically, the only real level of wanting Mashiach is only if we want it because of Hashem? That's the most, that's the highest level. That's the most altruistic level. And is that, in that altruistic level, is that for oneself or for or is it situational because if it's oneself then you don't really want Mashiach like technically you can you don't have to subject Hashem to all of that if you just did good so right I mean it's more of like a situational kind of want well yeah but it's not just me it's, it's right the so world this is the, this is the world if is situa- everyone is doing good that's Mashiach is here right Right? It's not like we can all do everything good, we don't need Mashiach. If we're all doing everything good, then that's a perfect world. So the highest level isn't wanting for one's personal. I don't want Hashem to be in my situation, be dragged down from me. It's I don't want Hashem to be where he is now. Right, right. And that's honest. That's honest. Um, you know, I'm not saying a person who wants Mashiach just because life will be better, it's okay. You still want the right thing. You're still looking in the right places. But in everything, there's so many different reasons why you could want it. And there's selfish reasons and selfless reasons and higher and higher. Right? Even when I do mitzvahs, someone could do mitzvahs because I want Ghanaian. That That's, it's still mitzvahs, but it's, it's a little selfish. Someone could do mitzvahs because I'll have a better life. Because I have a warm family, I have a beautiful family, you know, Shabbos table and so on, and just, it's very beautiful. It's good, but that's not the selfless way of serving Hashem. The real way to do it is because that's what Hashem wants. And that will give Hashem nachas. Mm. So in everything that we do, there could be a lot of levels of why we're doing it. And basic levels are fine, but there's higher and there's greater. Right. Right. The, the big tzaddikim said, I want Mashiach for Hashem. Hashem should be happy. Hashem should have, Hashem created the world with a plan, master plan. He wants to dwell in place in this world. Mashiach will come. Hashem's kavanah will be fulfilled. That's an ultimate reason. Mm. The same here. So I, there's, a, there's a piece of Hashem in me. And it's, it's lost. It's, it's, it's all over the place. And so I want to bring it back to Hashem. I want to reunite it with its source. I'll be happier. Hashem will be happier. My Hashem will be happier. My goof will be happier. But, but it's, it's all about that Hashem within me. 
All of that is the tush of hay, right? But this is all the tshuva tato, by the way. This is all the lower level of tshuva, right? Because the hay and me got lost in this sin or that sin or the other sin. And I have to reconnect it. So he goes through a lot of that in chapter 4 and chapter 5. Again, I, I'm, I'm giving you really synopsis. Chapter 4, 5, 6 is what we were just talking about. These last few minutes, we, we talked about chapter 4, 5, and 6, but he does a lot of build, he does a lot of showing us in the neshama of a person how that's a part of Hashem and how it mirrors Hashem in many ways. That was going on in 4, 5, 6. In 7, he says, okay, now that we know what Shuvah is, Tashuv, Hei Tata, returning the Hei Tashem, so how do I get there? What should make me, how do I, how do we, I return that neshama within me to Hashem? Or what, what, what should I try to inspire within myself? Didn't we say it already? I'm sorry? Didn't we say that already? Well, till now we said, well, there's part of Hashem in me and it's all, all it takes his. a second and I just have to think of... Good, it takes a second, but what should inspire me to want to return that hate to Hashem? I just heard a share that said, Rosh Hashanah is called Yom HaZikaron. Right. Because it's Zikaron is intellectual. You say, Hashem, I want to return to you. Seriously, made Teshuvah is time to actualize all the thoughts that you had to, and put into action. Interesting. He's a, it's a it's a kirchah because we're trying to do tshuva b'machshava. We say Hashem, judge me based just on my rotsam. He's Yom Hazikaron. Remember us from my machshava. Then we have ten days to say now. With time to put into action. It's actually very interesting that verb because you know there's a very interesting difference between chabad and almost all other from communities about a seriously made tshuva. Which is, we don't say slichas in Chabad and Asari Singh Shuvah. You know that? Mm. Most shuls, you go to a shul that says mm. slichas, Asari Singh Yeah. Of course. Most every shul says slichas. Now, in Chabad, we say slichas until Rosh Hashanah. But so I dive in a free. Right. Now, Asari Singh a lot of people become Chabad. Just for Asari Singh Shuvah, you know, a half hour less of down. But the shadow is, why don't we say slichas in Asari Singh Shuvah? Because it's too long. That's one shot. So they asked better, the Tzamech better to do actions. They asked the Tzamech Sadiq, He said, "These are not days of talking; they're days of doing." Mm. So his talking was mm-hmm. Tzul Rosh Now it's time to get to That's work. The word. It's yeah. not the same word. Not the same word. So, anyways, he says in Perizayin, you know which mida that a person should really awaken within themselves to do tshuva. This is most unusual. This is Al Tareb's angle of things. Which mida is most important to get me onto the uh, to get me moving? Tefillah. He says, "Tefillah is not a mida." Tfilas Navoida. The Mida of Rahmanas. Yeah, Rahmanas on who? On the part of Hashem within me. He says, think about what we're learning. Think about the Heitato. Think about Hashem's holy name. And Hashem invested a part of himself within each and every one of us. If we could try to imagine the pain of the Neshama, which is a part of Hashem, and it's in the person, and the Neshama all at once is to be connected, and it's being slapped all over the place. And the Altar Rebbe says that's the Midah of Yaakov Avinu. Right? And Kabbalah says that Avram's Midah was the Midah of Chesed, Yitzchak was Givura, and Yaakov is Rachamin. Rachamin, which is, which is Rachmanus. And a Yid has to be Ma'ir within himself, which is actually part of the nature of a Yid is to be a Rachaman, to be merciful. Right? That's part of the nature of a Yid. The Yid is a Rachaman, merciful. We learned that in the first chapter of Tanya. I'm sure I told you then. Um, so my, I've heard this from my father many Rachman times. That's Hashem is called a Rachman. But we're, Yidin are called a Rachman. A basic trait of a Yid is Rachmanus. My father told me, that my father you know, was a shliach in Detroit for over 40 years. He says years and years ago, 30 years ago plus, he was talking to a big a CEO in a very big company in Detroit. I don't remember, some of the auto companies. Not a big guy. Not a Yid. Guy. 
And the guy was talking, then he says, Rabbi, you know, we don't hire any Jews in our managerial positions. So my father's thinking, uh, you know, anti-Semitism. He says, no, 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 not do anti-Semitism. We, re- we did a study, and we figured out that Jews are great at hiring, and they're terrible at firing. So they don't know how to fire. Mm-hmm. They, they think over 10 times, and then they come, and they think again. He says, in these big companies, we have to be able to hire and fire at whim, and Jews don't know how to fire. So my father is from a guy. So that's what the Gemara says. And Tani says, the Yidin are Rachmanu. Yidin have that nature of Rachmanus. So the only thing is, sometimes our Rachmanus is misdirected. We have the Midah. But you know, every Midah you can use for whatever you want. Like now you have people that the whole Rachmanus is to make sure not to do Kaparis. Rachmanus on the chickens. I don't know if you saw, someone had a whole thing in one of these progressive places that they do Rachmanus, they, they hug the chicken, you know. Mm-hmm. They hug the chickens, then they kiss the chickens. I don't know, some nice. We have the Tnu of Rahmanas, the question is what you want to use it for. Rahmanas and Yitzhara. What? Yeah, Rahmanas and Yitzhara, Rahmanas and the Arabs, Rahmanas some people want to kill you. You have a lot of Rahmanas. Rahmanas says, let's have Rahmanas on our Neshamas. Our Neshamas is a chilek of Hashem, and it's in me. It's in me. Part of Hashem invested a part of Himself in me. A Yid with, with real Rahmanas should do everything to be able to return that chilek of Hashem to Hashem. And that's Toshav hmm. That's one chilek. And then he talks in, later in Perik Zion about the union of a person has to sometimes humble ourselves. Right? Most, of, most of our problems come from our ego. Most of our problems come because we're just looking out for number one, which we consider ourselves, and want to have a good time, and, and just ego. And therefore a person has to sometimes go through what's called having a lev nishbar, to be a little tzibrochen. How do you say tzibrochen in English? Broken. A little brokenhearted. And we... Um, a healthy dosage of brokenheartedness is very healthy. Um, there's a word from the Rabbim in Yiddish, There's nothing more complete than a broken heart. Because when one has a, a, a base level of humility, so then they're healthier. That's what the whole word, the, the only word in the Torah that is broken is the word shalom. Like Ketia Bar Shalom, it's the Vav Ketia in the word Pepinchas, right? There's that's a Vav. Shalom. So why is the word complete? Is the only letter that's allowed to be non complete? So Badafka, it's because it's Rick, that's truth, how you have completion is that's when you're not complete. That's the truth. That's the truth. And all of us know it. All of us know it in a relationship, in a marriage, any relationship. When is it, there's a healthy relationship? When people are humble. When people are willing to give in. When people are willing that it shouldn't go my way. When you have two people, each one needs my way, there's no relationship. Mm. It's finished. Bittel allows for healthy relationships. Mm-hmm. Bittel allows for, for any, any positive growth. When one is arrogant, they can't even grow because the way I am is good. Brokenheartedness allows me to grow, to express, to find deeper things, greater things, more beautiful things, and to connect to others and connect to Hashem. So it should be a dip? Because you can't be brokenhearted forever. 100%. So it has to just constantly but yet, be a, a dip person has to have, A person has to have simcha. Because no, really, there's, you know, we're... People are very complex people, individuals. Right. And we have the ability to have different types of feelings. Yeah. And they're not, even though they're very different one feeling than another, they're, they come from different parts of our heart. And we're able to handle both. The Zayar says famously, Bradantania a couple of times, about the son of Reb Shim Bar Yichai, who says that I'm laughing with one part of my heart and I'm crying with another part of my heart. Knows there's things in my heart that are making me happy and excited. And on the other hand, there's things that I'm brokenhearted about. And again, as human beings, I think we know in ourselves that we can have different feelings for different reasons and really at the same time. You know, usually one feeling is more dominant or less dominant. 
But feelings, you have to accept feelings. How do you, how do you, okay, it's off topic, but you should have simcha with broken darkness? Yeah. How is it possible? It's possible because my simcha is a simcha because I have a neshama. And it's part of Hashem. And how are you broken hearted? I'm broken hearted because there's another side of the equation where I did this and I acted in certain ways and I'm unhappy. So you're only broken because of your avoda, not because of anything else. Well, it depends what, in relation to what we're talking about here. I'm broken because of my ego, because of my nefesh of and because of things that I'm not the way I'm supposed to be. And that's the cause for humility and brokenness. In other words, if you, because the thing is, you brought an example of a relationship. So you're, you're contrasting both. So if you're brokenhearted because, you're brokenhearted because you're by Hashem, but your simcha is that you fact that Hashem. So if you take that into a relationship, you're brokenhearted because this person said something or did something to you, but you're happy that you're still with them. I mean, it's just... It's just an interesting. You can't right. have. Bo- it, there's no room for both of those feelings. You can, it can be a roller coaster. There, it can be a wave of emotions. But well, I don't. So in, in a relationship, I wasn't talking about being brokenhearted. I was talking about humility. Okay. So brokenhearted is strictly in, in, in relationships where there's humility and giving in, as well as happiness and enjoying. Okay. So giving in and happiness are not uh, contradictory in a relationship. Like typically, one might think, I'll be happy when everything goes my way every day. Mm. No, I'll be happier when I give in and I don't get my way. Right. I said, I don't get my, I wanted something, I don't get it, and that's going to make me a happier person. That's in the relationship. As far as in our relationship with Hashem, here I would say it a little bit different. I say, there are things about me that make me brokenhearted and make me want to do true and so on. And yet there's so much to be happy and excited about and thankful for. And they're all true. And they're all true. Anyhow, let me just finish one, one last Nakuda. Go ahead. This was all so far until Perik Zion. In Perik Ches, chapter 8, and that begins the last five chapters, he goes into Tshuva Ilah, the higher level of Shuva. And here he says something very beautiful. I just want to, again, I'll conclude two, three minutes with this lesson. Till now, we were talking about returning the lower hate, which means. The Neshama came into me and I got lost, got messed up, and all these different things. I'm going to return to Hashem. Okay, I did it already. I took care of my sins. I, I brought my Neshama. My Neshama is in sync with Hashem. What's Shuva Ilah is connecting the higher Hay, the first Hay of Hashem's name. What is that first Hay of Hashem's name? Bina. That's Bina, that's understanding, that's learning. In other words, Shuva ultimately means to connect to Hashem. One form of connection is, I sinned, I have to reconnect. Right? I messed up, I pulled out the plug from the socket, I'm plugging into a different socket, so I messed up. So part one of tshuva is reconnecting that I messed up. Then there is a much greater level of reconnecting. Not because I messed up, just connecting deeper and deeper and closer and closer. Connecting is not only because there was a problem. After I've taken care of all my problems, now I can really get to know you. And that's when we learn Torah. And that's when we daven and we get closer and closer to Hashem, not to reconnect because I'm disconnected. You know, let's go back to relationships for a minute. I once read a, a, a Gavaldic thing, not, not in a, a Torah book. Um, someone said, I don't know if it's a joke or it's a story, they said there was a, there was a, a mother and a child, and the child always had long hair. My mother always pestered, cut your hair, cut your hair. That was what they would talk about. And this went on for years. One day, a child walks into the house, not a child, it's an adult, walks into the house, 
nice freshly cut hair, clean shape, beautiful. Awkward silence. There was nothing to talk about. They, they never talked about anything else. In other words, what happened? It was all about you doing something wrong. So, okay, fine, fine, you know what? I'm not doing anything wrong anymore. Now what? The depth of relationship and the depth of getting close is not because I'm doing something wrong and I have to fix it. You know, I fixed it already. Now let's really get close. Now let's get to know each other. Now let's talk. Now let's learn together. Now let's understand each other. Let's grow closer and closer. That's the emes of tshuva. The real tshuva is not the tshuva for sins. The tshuva for sins is a... The tshuva for sins is, you know, I messed up. I messed up, so I got to fix it. That's the tshuva for sins. That's tshuva tata, the lower level of tshuva. That's returning the neshat, the hay within me. They got lost. I have to bring it back. I have to reconnect this. I have to feel bad. And I have to say a shamanu and I have to confess. Okay, been there, done that. Now we're good. Now what? The ultimate returning of a yid to Hashem is through learning more Torah and through davening and connecting and doing more, being more positive and more connected. That's tshuva ilah. That's the higher level of tshuva, the greater level of tshuva. And that's what, even a tzaddik gomer could do tshuva ilah. Because there's always to connect deeper. Every time you learn, you're doing tshuva. Every time you tshuva, that's what's connected with bina. Tshuva ilah is bina because learning, it's understanding. When you, what happens when you learn another person? You get to know them. Really get to knowing people again in life and, and relationships also. So much of our relationships are about I messed up, what do I do? Mm-hmm. But okay, take all that out of the equation. Let's just spend time together. Let's just get to know each other better and better, deeper and higher, grow closer and closer together. That's Shuvay law. And that's the ultimate Shuvah that we're looking for. Of course, you can't get to Shuvah law without Shuvah Tata. You have to get the mess out of the way. You know, if I just hurt your feelings, just hurt you, it's hard to have just get closer and closer and deeper and deeper. But, but the kavana is, the, the ultimate approach is, I take care of the lower hay and I take care of those averis and I try to do shuva. But ultimately, it's about connecting to Hashem and realizing that we're one and to celebrate that oneness. That's Yom Kippur. And that's Yom Kippur. Really, it's a Sarasim Shuvah, especially Yom Kippur. And that's why, interestingly... Yom Kippur, we don't, we don't learn... In Kippur, we learn. It's not about learning so much. It's about davening. But it's interesting that where some people look at Yom Kippur as being very sad and crying and crying, by the Rabbeim, it wasn't. It was a time of just an intense. It was even a simcha, not a dancing type of simcha, but a certain tainug of closeness to Hashem. We're like a malach. We're not eating. I we're not drinking. We're not into anything. What? I dance in Kippur. Huh? We're we're feeling the ultimate closeness that a person can feel with Hashem is in Kippur. It's the only day that we daven five davenings. What's the day of five davenings? The five parts of the neshama, Yechida, that part of our neshama, which is always connected to Hashem. Yom Kippur is just about the ultimate connection. So Ne'ila, it's so mired would be the Yechida then. Ne'ila. What Ne'ila is? Ne'ila is the last feel of Yom Kippur. A mire of six? No. Mire is next day. Mire is after Yom Kippur. Okay. That's done. Mire is ready the next day's davening. But the whole Yom Kippur is a lead up and Ne'ila is the grand finale. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where do you daven Ne'ila? I daven, well... Every year? Yeah. So this year I'll be dabbing at Kaf Hasidim, Gad Willing. Come to Masif. In the middle of dabbing, just walk over? After moon, come to Masif. Be a new experience, I think. I've had some pretty powerful needles in my life. Okay. I think if, you, if you've been around for needles... Who does Psycha needle? It's usually they, they bid for it. And they, what does it normally go for? Well, they don't bid for money. 
This is a book from doing Masechtas by heart and whatever. Usually the one who does it, the 200 Black Gemara, going to do 200 Black Gemara this year or something. How much 200 Black Gemara cost? How much 200 Black Gemara cost these days? Do you remember the bidding in Yeshiva for, uh, for Yom Kippur? I don't think I was. I was only, I was only er, in the system when you... Erev Yom Kippur, they do bidding. Gemara and Tani. But... Um, and you know how Nilo finishes, how the, by the Rebbe, how Nilo finishes with the Freilich and Nigen, and it just goes into dancing at Simcha and finishes with a good yamta, right in the circus. And that's because it's, that's Shuvayla. And really, the Rebbe tells us that even though normally the regular Avayda is first Shuvayla, then Shuvayla, so sometimes a Yid could just jump into Shuvayla. There's the concept, you know, we have to take care of the, the dirt, we have to take care of it. But sometimes, we just, just jump into that relationship with Hashem and we dance with Hashem and then we get rid of the dirt. We just get rid of it. Sometimes by, by connecting and de- a deep, powerful connection and realization of this is where I want and this is where I belong and this is how I'll be happy and my Hashem will be happy, that will already help me to get out of all the negative stuff also. So the Rebbe turns it around and says sometimes you start with Tshuva Tata and then you get the Tshuva Elo. Mm. But that's a very, very big kid, sir. Wow. Some of the young wow, that was great. That was exactly what I needed. <laughs>